Welcome to the King's Word Bible Study. I'm your host, Brother Vinnie Fitzgerald. Today we're going to delve into the Bible to bring you insight from God's Word that will help you to grow and to develop into spiritual maturity. These lessons are designed to help guide you and strengthen you in your relationship with the Lord. Whether you've never opened a Bible or have read it cover to cover, this podcast will inform and uplift you. Our purpose is not only for you to know and to understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be opening the spiritual ear. Let's begin in Mark chapter 7. In Mark chapter 7, beginning in the 31st verse, it says, And again, departing from the coasts of Tyre and Sidon, he came unto the sea of Galilee, through the midst of the coasts of Decapolis. And they bring unto him one that was deaf, and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. And he took him aside from the multitude, and put his fingers into his ears, and he spit, and touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed, and said unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And straightway his ears were opened, and the string of his tongue was loosed, and he spake plain. And he charged them that they should tell no man. But the more he charged them, so much the more a great deal they published it, and were beyond measure astonished, saying, He have done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. We find here that this man was in need of healing and deliverance. He was being afflicted with both deafness and dumbness, but Jesus had compassion on him and healed him. There's a lot that we can learn from this miracle. We need to take a closer look at what exactly happened here. In today's world, we find many people who are spiritually deaf, and they need healing the same way that the physically deaf do. There are people all around us. They're in our homes in our communities, and even in many cases in our churches, who are spiritually deaf, unable to hear the voice of God and the Spirit speaking to them. The problem today isn't that God isn't speaking. The problem is that although God is speaking, people aren't hearing Him. People need to have their spiritual hearing restored. The same way that we have natural ears, we also have a spiritual ear within us, by which we hear the Lord speaking to us. Jesus said, In Revelation 2 and 29, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. If he was speaking of the natural ears, he would have said ears in the plural form. But he said ear in the singular form, because he was referring to the inward spiritual ear that we are all born with. The problem today is that people haven't used their spiritual sense of hearing. And because of this, it's become calloused and lost its sensitivity from lack of use. Many need their spiritual ear opened, just like the man from Decapolis needed his natural ears opened. The account of this miracle, although recording the healing of natural hearing, also gives us a deeper insight into spiritual hearing. Verse 32 says, And they bring unto him one that was deaf, and had an impediment in his speech, and they beseech him to put his hand upon him. The NSAB version translates this verse as, They brought to him one who was deaf and spoke with difficulty, and they implored him to lay his hand on him. 
The word for implored or beseech in Greek, according to the concordance, means to make a call from being close up and personal. To personally make a call, referring to believers offering up evidence that stands up in God's court. The root word from which it is derived means legal advocate. This is the foundation of our study. When we call on the name of the Lord for healing and prayer, whether it be for ourselves or for others, we are entering into God's court. We are appealing to Him for healing. What is the evidence that we are to present? What is the evidence that stands up in His court? These are questions that we need to ask ourselves. Our evidence is found in the Word of God. We serve a covenant-minded God. When He gives His Word, it is legally binding. This is part of the covenant that we made with the Lord when we became born again. Psalm 103 verses 2 to 3 tell us, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. We are promised healing in the word. This is legal evidence. Part of our evidence is that our healing has already been paid for. 1 Peter 2 and 24 says, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. The term were healed is past tense, referring to something that was already done. Our healing was already paid for in full on our behalf, so it rightfully belongs to us, but we still have to claim it. This is similar to how a gift card works. When you receive a gift card, it's been paid for in full by the giver on your behalf. Now the value of that card rightfully belongs to you, but you still have to claim it by using it. So how do we claim our healing? James gives us the answer. James 5 and 15 says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. We have to claim healing in faith, whether it's for ourselves or others, and we do this through our prayers. This is a personal call under the Lord, as we saw in the definition, which carries with it the implication that we have a personal relationship with Jesus. It is this relationship that gives us the right to call upon the Lord for healing. And since Christ is the mediator between us and God the Father, He is our legal advocate. He is our advocate in all spiritual matters. 1 John 2 and 1 tells us, My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Once we understand that our healing is rightfully ours, it becomes easier for us to claim it in faith. Verse 33 says, And he took him aside from the multitude, and put his finger into his ears, and he spit and touched his tongue. The first thing that we need to make note of in this verse is the phrase, And he took him aside. In the Greek, it means to receive from, to receive one's due, to receive back, to receive as due and deserved, to draw aside, to separate. When understanding healing, it's important that we look at it from God's perspective also. The Lord wants us to be healed. It's in His will. Jeremiah 30 and 17 says, For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Psalm 147 and 3 tells us, He healeth the broken in heart, and bindeth up their wounds. We must ask ourselves the question, 
Why does he want us to be healed? It may seem like a simple question, but the answer makes a big difference. Part of the answer is his love and compassion for us. God is love, and he always wants the best for his children. It's his priority. 3 John 1 and 2 says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. The other part of the answer is that the healing of his people is due to him, and he rightfully deserves their healing. He deserves the people that he died for, because he paid for their sins in full on Calvary, and he deserves the healing of his children, because he paid for it in full by the wounds that he received. When we are healed, or someone we care about is healed, or just anyone is healed, the Lord receives back what is due to him. Our lives belong to the Lord, and when the devil tries to steal our health, giving us illness, sickness, and infirmity, he is stealing what is rightfully God's. When our health is restored through healing, God is receiving what is owed to him. God wants us healed because he wants what rightfully belongs to him. The NSAB version says for verse 33, Jesus took him aside from the crowd by himself and put his fingers into his ears, and after spitting, he touched his tongue with the saliva. The term by himself in the Greek means one's own, distinct, belonging to one, private, personal, one's own people, one's own family, home, or property. The concordance goes further to say it means uniquely one's own, peculiar to the individual. This is stronger than a possessive pronoun. This is important because it shows how the Lord viewed the man who came for healing. He didn't just look at him as an ordinary person from the world. He viewed him as belonging to him. He viewed him as a special possession and property. Most importantly, he viewed him as a part of his own family. This wasn't just the case for this one man. This is the same way that he sees us today. We belong to the Lord. Our lives are his, and he lives through us. We are his special possession and property. And because we are born again, we are a part of God's family. We are not just a part of his flock. We're part of his family. Because of the blood that he shed on Calvary for us, we're blood relation to him. We're unique and peculiar to him. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9-10 through 10 tell us, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. This is how our God views us. These are all more reasons why he wants to heal us, and these are reasons why he wants our spiritual ear open and in working order. God wants to speak to his people, and he is speaking, but his people need to hear and listen. We need to look closer at spiritual hearing. Verse 33 said, And put his fingers into his ears. In Greek, this phrase means the ear, the faculty of perception. The concordance goes on to say it means the faculty of perceiving with the mind, the faculty of understanding and knowing, the faculty of attending to and understanding and letting the Lord use these faculties. The concordance also says, it has to do with letting the words of the Lord sink into your ears, then taking them into your memory and holding them there. 
This definition shows us that the use of this particular word means that it was not only referring to the natural ears, but it was also referring to the spiritual ear. The phrase, the ear, shows specificity because it is singular. People today aren't able to perceive spiritual things, and because of this, they're unable to understand or know or attend to spiritual things. People have lost their ability to understand and know His voice, and this loss carries with it real effects. What this also reveals to us is that the man from Decapolis, when he was healed, got a double portion. He received a double healing. His natural ears were opened, and his tongue was loosed. And in addition to this, his spiritual ear was opened, and his spiritual hearing was restored. This makes this miracle more important than it already was. This man had his perception restored so that he could hear God's voice. More important than hearing in the natural is hearing in the spirit. Verse 34 tells us, And looking up to heaven he sighed, and saith unto him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. The first thing that we need to look at in this verse is the phrase, he sighed. In the NSAB, it translates as a deep sigh. In the Greek, it means to groan within oneself, to groan, expressed or constricted, to groan because of pressure of being exerted forward, like the forward pressure of childbirth, to feel pressure from what is coming on, which can be intensely pleasant or anguishing depending on the context. This term denotes feeling, which is internal and unexpressed. This shows what the Lord was experiencing during the healing. What was it exactly that caused him to groan? He was enduring pressure. He was producing spiritual fruit in that man's life. Anytime that life is imparted, like in childbirth, pain is involved. When he healed him, he was giving of himself. He was giving of his power and he groaned because of the power that was being released. Luke 8 and 46 says, And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. The Lord wants our healing so much that it causes him to groan from longing for it to be done for his children. Next, we need to look at the moment of healing itself. There's a lot that we can learn from it. The last part of verse 34 says, Ephatha, that is, be opened. Ephatha is an Aramaic word, which as it says in the verse, means to be opened up. But the phrase that comes after it in the verse to describe it is a different word. The phrase, that is, be opened, means to open up completely and fully, to open fully by completing the process necessary to do so. The concordance also says it means to open the sense of the scriptures, to explain and expound them, to open the mind of one, to cause them to understand a thing, to open one's soul, to rouse in one the faculty of understanding or the desire of learning. This demonstrates even more clearly that the man had his spiritual hearing restored. This also shows us what happens when our spiritual hearing is healed. When we were born again, the Lord opened our soul and he opened our mind so that we could understand what the Lord is saying to us. He put within us the desire for learning and the desire to grow deeper in the Lord. Not only does he do these things, but he also explains the scriptures so that we can make sense of them and understand them. This requires that we use our discernment. 1 Corinthians 2 and 14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, 
for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. We need discernment in order to tell the difference between the natural and the spiritual. God is always speaking to us, whether we realize it or not. It's our job to listen inwardly to hear him. Many are looking for God to speak in an in-your-face type of way, an outward audible voice. Although he can speak in this way, most times he chooses not to. Many times it's quite the opposite. 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 11 to 12 tell us, And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. We can't allow ourselves to miss his still, small voice. He speaks to us inwardly because he is within us. We need to always be listening because he speaks in many different ways. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 to 2 tell us, God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Down throughout history, he has spoken in countless different ways, but overall, the most common way that he speaks is through his word. As the people of God, we all have access to his word. This is why we need our hearing and our faculty of perception opened. We need to perceive what he's saying through his word. Job 33 and 14 tells us, For God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceiveth it not. The word of God is crucial to our spiritual hearing. Romans 10 and 17 tells us, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. First, we need to be studying and listening to the word. Then once we hear it, using the inward spiritual ear, God will work within us to produce faith in our life. This is the case with the man of Decapolis. Jesus, the personified word of God, came to him, spoke the word to him, and then the Lord opened his spiritual ear, and he heard inwardly, and God produced faith within him, so that he could be healed. The word of God is the foundation of our spiritual hearing. Without it, we'll hear nothing. Verse 37 said, And we're beyond measure astonished, saying, He hath done all things well. He maketh both the deaf to hear and the dumb to speak. The phrase to hear in Greek means to hear, listen, to comprehend by hearing, to hear God's voice, which prompts him to birth faith within. The concordance goes on to say it means to perceive in the soul the inward communication of God, to be taught by God's inward communication. This is further evidence that the man received a double miracle, both physical and spiritual. This also reveals to us the purpose of spiritual hearing. It is through this faculty that God communicates with us and teaches us. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 2. In Proverbs chapter 2, Beginning in the first verse, it says, My son, if thou wilt receive my words, and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom, and apply thine heart to understanding, yea, if thou criest after knowledge, and liftest up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, 
and searchest for as for hid treasures. Then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom, out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous, he is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment, and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness, and judgment, and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom entereth into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. We need to incline our ear to the voice of God. When we do, he will grant us wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, so that we'll be able to rightly follow when he leads us. He uses these different things to teach us what is right and what is wrong in every situation. He teaches us what we should do and leads us in the path that we should go. We need to listen and let him lead. John chapter 10 verses 27 through 28 say, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. The Lord always wants the best for us. Verses 8 through 9 tell us, He keepeth the paths of judgment, and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. The Lord keeps us and preserves us through his inward communication. He tells us exactly what we should do. Isaiah 30 and 21 tells us, And thine ear shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way, walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand and when ye turn to the left. The Lord heals our spiritual hearing so that we can follow, and he gives us everything that we need to do so. He wants to talk with us, and he wants to teach us, but we have to let him help us. We belong to him, and healing is our inheritance. Today we need to stand on the word of God and claim healing for ourselves and for those around us in faith. It is God's will today that all those who are spiritually deaf will have their inward ear opened to hear his voice. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for our spiritual hearing. We thank you that you have given us a spiritual ear within us by which we can hear your voice. Lord, we ask that you give us the wisdom and the discernment to hear your still small voice so that we can know what you are saying to us. Lord, we thank you that it is through this inward ear that you give us advice, that you give us counsel, that you lead us in the way that you would have us to go. And we thank you that you have put your Holy Spirit within us to be our guide. Lord, we thank you that you have not left us to fend for ourselves, but that you hold our hand as we walk through these paths of life. And Lord, we thank you that you are always speaking. Lord, we thank you that you have healed our spiritual hearing, that you have opened up our ear. And Lord, today we claim in faith healing and deliverance for all those around us who are spiritually deaf. We proclaim that Ephatha be done today for all those in our lives who have yet to have their ear opened. And Lord, today we proclaim it done. Lord, we thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for all that you have said to us in the past, all that you're saying right now, and all that you're going to say. And we claim the victory in faith. And we give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to have your spiritual ear opened and have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is to invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior. You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. 
Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. Now, if you prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you taking out your time to spend with us. If you'd like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. If you'd like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. We also appreciate if you write a review from wherever you're listening to this podcast from, and if you follow and subscribe so that more people can hear the King's Word for themselves. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all, and we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.